Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me as always is once again TV's Zach Mabry. Zach, welcome back to the podcast after a week away. How you doing? I'm good. It's good to be back. I was a little worried uh, that you would just make, Caitlin would just become like a permanent uh, fill-in. She's trying to do that, but you know, we... We give her the runaround. We give her the new phone. Who dis? We keep you know keep her at arm's length until we actually need her. Then we come crawling back to her. Nice. Yeah, that's what we do. Uh, you can find us. Uh, what? Tweet us at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry. Z A C Mabry. Email us podcast at RomanCircusBlog.com. Find us on iTunes, rate and review us if you want. That can be a good New Year's resolution to go rate and review the podcast. Uh, You can also find us on Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. Zach, it's been well over a month since we've done uh, a full episode, just the two of us. Because right before we did the 12 days, we had the Helmix on for the very Helmix Christmas podcast. Uh, and then we we did like the mini episode of us being together in Dallas. But as far as like a a full on one hour ordeal, it's been quite a while. Were you going anywhere with that? No, I just wanted to see what you would say. <laughs> just kidding. I know. I mean, it's it it is weird, and it's funny because. Um... I have some coworkers that also do podcasts, and uh, it came up yesterday. We were having a, a brief celebration because we kind of hit the our first deadline for the, um, our 2018 audit. And people were like, yeah, they all got podcasts. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do have a podcast. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, life gets in the way sometimes, except for me because I have none. But, you know, people that have jobs and lives and stuff it tends to get in the way but you know whatever one day i hope you know the people are glad that you don't have anything to do yeah (laughs) i'm glad i'm glad that they're glad uh you were on tv once again on fox news fox news digital to be exact but it's still television uh give us a little give us a little rundown of that it was your first appearance as a talking head for the catholic herald it was a nice what like seven eight minute clip that it i thought it was really good everyone seemed to enjoy it give us a little the people want to know what was going through your head how are you feeling give us the rundown sure um yeah so brief background uh back in december i was asked to be a contributing editor for the catholic herald Mm -hmm. um and of course i said yes because i you know i do love the catholic herald and i'm excited for the u.s edition of the magazine and uh the team is great um so then yeah what was that january 3rd i get a phone call um asking if i can go you know they fox news wanted the herald to send somebody um I assume everybody was just busy, so they sent me. Um, And they wanted to talk about the upcoming synod on uh, protecting young people and the church scandals and Pope Francis and all the above. And so, um, yeah, I told them I was happy to do it. And I, uh, you know, behind the scenes, I was trimming up my beard 
the morning of. Right. And I accidentally like dragged my razor too far and, and made like an irreparable slice in the, the beard. So I had to just cut the whole thing off. That's brutal. Um, we lost so, we lost a good man that day. I know. And I, I mean I look like ten years younger without it, so um that part was funny. And so I get to the Fox News studio and I mean it's it's pretty like I haven't done one of those um we call them TV. I haven't done hits. anything like that we before. We call we call right, them TV like, hits, Zach. That's what the TV hits. That's what they call them. That's what they they do. I think you can call that's it, good. You can call it a spot if you want. You can call it a hit. I think maybe spot. What did I, yeah, spot makes sense. Okay. Um. Anyway, so you get in the room. It's like pitch black. There's a producer. Or there's you know someone shooting the the camera. There's a bunch of lights on you. Um. You've got like a screen behind you to show the background and then just a yellow box around the camera lens that you're supposed to be looking at so that you're looking at the camera. Right. Um, other than that, there's nothing. I, you can't, I couldn't see myself. I couldn't see the other people or the other person. I just had a, an earpiece in and I could hear them. Right. So you, yeah, you, and there, you couldn't even see what she looked like. You couldn't see. It's kind of like uh, the way we do this podcast. <laughs> right. No, it is. Um, sorry, I was looking at something. I got a sidetracked. Um, and yeah, so I mean, as soon as I start talking in my ear, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'm on air. So I don't want to, I just got to pretend and do the smile thing. Because um, my friend that has done this before, she's the founder of New Wave Feminist. Mm-hmm. And she's been on like Tucker Carlson and some of those. Right. And she was taking a selfie to say I'm on, going on Fox News and then the camera cuts on and so you, you see her doing it I think in the video. That's amazing. Um, I know. Uh, yeah, so I mean one thing I learned is it kind of reminds me of, um, I don't know if there's an equivalent of this to people who didn't do Greek life in college but in our fraternity we'd have to take um, composite pictures for the our big on the wall with everyone's face mm-hmm. and you basically just threw on a shirt, tie, and jacket over just your normal you know, trash clothes that you would wear to class. Right. Um, you could totally do that on one of these news spots, these what TV head things. Yeah. Um, because you know, they only show you from like, you know, chest up. Well, it's a, from the nip, from the nips up. So Bill O'Reilly never did the show with pants on. Very few people know this sack. (laughs) And wouldn't surprise me. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it was fun, and I, I liked the questions. I mean, you know, it's a totally different audience. Like, everyone that, almost everyone that listens to our podcast is Catholic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of the people who pay attention to my tweets are Catholic at this point. And so, you know, I'm speaking to a Catholic audience in these situations. And in that situation, I was talking to anybody that watches, you know, foxnews.com videos, and then anyone who happened to be watching when they aired it, because it didn't air live on tv but it did air on tv later right um so you know you kind of have to speak to your audience you know you tell the truth either way but there, there's a different way to talk about things you know in the family versus you know when when the host of a show asks you about it and you know people aren't you know they're not reading all of the catholic news agency updates and you know they're not on a spectrum from uh you know hmm, america magazine to to church militant isn't like the, you know, right. the realm of possible opinions. I mean, all of, you know, we, we think about and you, you see all these debates between Catholics, but then realize that like for believing Catholics, that's actually a pretty narrow 
set of views if you kind of zoom out to the wide culture, even among believing, you know, Christians. Absolutely. And so, you know, your Fox News people, I mean, I don't even know what the average Fox News person is as far as religion. Um, America, Zach. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you just don't want to, you don't want to be too, like, inside baseball, but a lot of Catholics do get a, a decent amount of their Catholicism from television. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wanted to make sure and, and do a good job, and um, I had fun. I mean, there was a, there's this part where I tried to sort of suppress a laugh, and I made this really ridiculous face. And I guess nobody's ever told me that that's the face I make if I'm suppressing a laugh. So if I ever do it again, I'm just going to laugh because, uh, yeah, that part was bad. Just let it fly, Zach. Oh, yeah. Don't suppress um, a laugh. And the only thing that they told me about before we started was that they were going to make a comment about the Little Rascals. Yeah. So everything else was on the fly. I thought that was interesting because she didn't actually say the Little Rascals. She kind of, like, left it open to just kind of you either you knew what it was or you had to figure it out on your own and then you followed up with oh that's interesting you followed up with like a he-man woman haters club reference but all she said was you were a child actor right just like left it like that but yeah i don't know she seemed like a very lovely woman and we uh will pray for her every single day Speaking of news, Zach. Yes, she was great. And I, I mean, hopefully I get to, you know, go on her show again and talk to her once. You know, we, we talked about the upcoming um, summit that the Holy Father is having in Rome uh, related to all the abuse scandals. Right. And, and hopefully they invite me back on to talk more then because I enjoyed it. And she was very friendly even behind the scenes. So, Speaking of news, Zach. Uh-huh. What's in the news? Oh, man. One thing that's not going to be in the news much longer is a whole bunch of people who work in the news for either BuzzFeed or HuffPo. Um, they're doing layoffs right now. Oh, no. Did you know that? Uh, no, I did not know. And, you know, we are we are sad whenever someone has to lose their job. That's my official stance on the situation. Yes. No, I do not like to see people lose their jobs. I'm... Um, very firmly against all of the like let's get this person fired because they did something i don't like right um and you know even though you know there's plenty of negative you can say about buzzfeed news and um, huffington post you know i i hate to see that those families are losing their job and their source of income we don't have adequate um you know safety nets for these types of things uh so, you know, I'll be praying for them, and I hope they find work. Um, and, you know, maybe if, if they're not Catholic, the time off, they'll they'll uh, come into the church. Why not? They're like, um, well, I, I got fired from my gig at BuzzFeed, and I had nothing to do, so I just read the Summa front, front to back, and now I'm Catholic. Oh, I'd love that, yeah. That'd be pretty interesting. Um, why do, why do they, they letting people go? Just because of cash flow problems, or they're just not bringing it in, or are they finally realizing that most of their reporters just go out and report any old thing regardless of if it is factually based or not um no i mean like most things it probably just comes down to dollars and cents right um you know they've probably figured out their revenue is here and they can get by with less and you know investors probably called and whatnot okay well we 
we it's tricky i mean dallas morning news in and here in dallas let go of a whole bunch of people from the newsroom and so yeah that which i don't like like i i will say that my very favorite way to get the news is through newspapers mm-hmm. and i mean i get them delivered electronically because i don't like to flip through the papers and it makes your hands all black and stuff but the um, you know, whether it's Dallas Morning News or the failing New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, that's how I would prefer to read news well, yeah, and, and get news over television. The problem, too, with all these layoffs are you have to set yourself apart and you have to, like, you know, make yourself known for something which leads to the most sensationalized reporting and just the running with things, even if it's not correct, right? So it kind of ha- it will kind of harm things downstream because people are gunning for the jobs that are left over. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's tough. I hate to see that. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Uh, other, any other big stuff in the news? The government is still shut down. I think the government... Yes, longest... Longest shut down. The government was open the last time we did a podcast, full podcast together. And then we went on a break, so the government was like, well, we might as well go on a break also. Yeah, maybe that's why, maybe after we put this episode out, the government will, will, will reboot. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's like the old Windows thing where it got to the point where it was like, it is now safe to shut down the government. Remember when you had to could turn off your computer, it gave you that screen? I don't know. Maybe I'll cut that yes. part. Maybe I won't. Uh, just keep it in I'll keep it in cutting requires uh, effort this this isn't the electric waffle folks we don't we don't labor away for a pod on a podcast you actually care about we're the Roman circus yes we are they're crushing it downloads wise uh, Katie and Tommy are uh, really doing well over there by the way she tweeted out something about their numbers and Man, oh, man. People love them uh, McGrady's, and I can't blame them. Well, the McGrady's are, uh, the McGrady's are lovely, and their daughter's precious, and they're, they're nice people. And it's the official position of the Roman Circus podcast. All right. Uh, shall we get into the topic at hand? Um, yeah, because I think that it does it. I mean, it sort of ties into the rest of, of what we could talk about as far as news, since we didn't talk too much about current events. Right. Well, I think we can, yeah. Yeah, I current events are uh i don't like them i don't like you know it's just so every week it seems like it's getting more ridiculous and more ridiculous about what is going on Mm -hmm. okay so basically the topic we're going to talk about politics a little bit tonight and we're gonna we're not gonna we're gonna do it past the news portion but uh so one of the things we were talking before is it's going to kind of be the idea of what what do Catholics do when everything is stupid and terrible, okay? That's kind of the thought I had driving back to do this podcast, thinking about a topic. And I, I had this thought a lot of, like, what do we do politically when it just seems like nobody is on our side, Okay, so we saw this this bill in New York passed. This is kind of the what got me thinking about this. Like New York just passed mm-hmm. this amazingly awful bill 
that allows... Now that it's passed, it's a law. Right. Okay. Sorry, I forgot Schoolhouse Rock for a second. Um, So the law is that it allows abortion up to the point of birth, right? And it, Mm -hmm. it just all these... Basically, it just kind of like... It takes away... It takes away the distinction. So if someone kills a woman who's pregnant, like the the child inside of her will not count as a murder, right? It strips it of those protections too. From what I'm to wow, believe. I didn't know that. That's what, I had missed that. Yeah, I, I think basically this. I mean, that's logically consistent, right? I've always, yeah, that is one of the weirder things that I've always wondered why they are fine with abortion, but like then it becomes a double murder. But that. Uh, so we'll give them points for logically consistent being logically consistent, Zach. But yes, there's no internal contradictions in how evil these people are. Right. But okay, so we have this just butchery law put into effect. Okay. But it got me thinking. So right then, as me, Matt Baker, I have a thought of like, well, I can't how could I vote for Democrats because of this, right? How can I just at all endorse anything that their party has to endorse because this kind of seems to be a major party issue, right? Mm-hmm. But then, oh, yeah. But then you swing to the other side, and basically if you vote for Republicans for pro-life purposes, they they don't do anything, like literally they don't no. they don't do anything. All they do well they do do something. They keep funding the government with bills that fund planned parenthood. Right? They actively mm-hmm. vote for these things without putting up a fight. So it gets me wondering in okay, it, I'm sorry, I don't want to dip into relativism or anything like this, but or anything along those lines, but it makes me wonder if like are the people that we would vote for because they're going to stand up for stand up to Planned Parenthood, but then they don't defund Planned Parenthood. Is there, are they any really any better at the end of the day than the people who actually stand by their convention convictions and pass these terrible laws? You know, I think that that it's harder to give a black and white answer to that question right. than I previously thought. Mm-hmm. I will say that I watched election after election, and I, I thought, okay, you know, there's a growing consensus about this pro-life stuff. Um, the science is becoming more and more clear. You know, we, we have these amazing pictures now and videos of life in the womb. You know, we can see that, you know, because I, I always thought, you know, as soon as as soon as soon people can see at least a piece of themselves in the unborn, you know, we'd be able to get laws changed, right? Right. And... So, you know, I was optimistic and I'm, you know, again, it is quite, you know, for Catholics, it's a non-negotiable, you know, there's no, there's no diversity of opinion regarding abortion, um, among Catholics, faithful Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, yeah, but you, yeah, I mean, you basically, you vote for these people cause of course they'll show up at the March for life mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll, you know, make all these statements and tweets and whatnot. But when it comes down to it, yes, they'll still vote to fund Planned Parenthood. They will, they will not actually you know, do anything about the issue of abortion. Um, you know, they'll appoint judges, but I mean, look at, you know, we, uh, the pro-life movement, you know, elected Reagan and then George 
H.W. Bush, and then, you know, George H.W. Bush elects uh, or puts what Souter on the Supreme Court, and he votes in favor of abortion, uh, abortion in Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Right. So, you know, I mean, it, it is frustrating. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's some weight to say, okay, we know that neither party is actually, that, that even though, yes, there's one party that campaigns against abortion, neither party is going to do anything to stop it. So can we, uh, can we treat them as equal on this issue? And, and then in theory, you know, move down the priorities to something, you know, less important than protecting the lives of the unborn, um, you know, like education, like infrastructure, like, you know, whatever. Um, and I mean, well, cause that's always the, sorry to interrupt, but that's always the argument for, is like, well, they only care about babies once they're in the womb. And then like, once they're out, they just leave them. They just are like, well, okay, here you go. Which I, I mean, there's probably some truth to, right? Like it, there's things that get lost. Yeah, I mean, you kind of listen to them and what they just want. I mean, they they can't, they they care about you until you're born, and then they don't care about you again until you can code. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, and it. I mean, okay, so, but it, it will just. Take... I, I will say that you know, up until very recently, I would have said uh, that to me it seems almost black and white that you know you have to vote for. There's just the one party that's um, kind of. You know, in the, their platform is correct on abortion, and you know, because of the gravity of that issue, because of you know, we're talking about, I mean, we're talking about little humans, and you know, three and four thousand of them a day, um, and and you know, just the the insanity of the abortion industry and the the things that that industry gets away with. I mean, they make bankers look innocent by comparison. Um, the, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I would have big time. I mean, I would have just said totally. You know, you can't do it. You can't vote for the party that's, you know, the Democratic Party because they're they're so rabidly pro-abortion. And then, you know, you just got to hold your nose, suck it up and vote for the Republicans. And hopefully we can get this issue flipped and then we're not, you know, chained to the Republican Party anymore. Well, yeah, um, it, it these things like they render things like the March for Life worthless, like with all due respect to everybody who went and marched in the March for Life, like. I mean, it's good that you did it. It's good that there are people willing to go out there and fly across country to do it. It, Like you said to me on a phone call, like it's nice that a lot of people show up so it doesn't look like a fringe group of 15 that can be written off, right? But but at the same time, okay, I'm going to say Ted Cruz. I know Ted Cruz, that will turn a lot of people off, but... I'm just, I'm picking a famous Republican. I think on some level, some very high level, Ted Cruz does care about abortion. Okay. I think that on some very high level, Ted Cruz is pro-life and cares about repealing Roe versus Wade. I also know that Ted Cruz can use that to make a lot of money and to have that be a determining factor to defeat Beto. Right. It's not Mm -hmm. it's not it's not a coincidence that Trump and the Republicans had complete control of the government for two years when they could have had the wall built. But they waited to make an issue out of the wall until they did not have complete control of the government anymore, because in some political world, things always work better when you have an enemy. Okay, 
mm-hmm. right? So like Trump could have got this wall thing passed. I'm not, this is not me making an actual statement on whether or not I care about the wall. I'm just using it as an issue, right? Right. But then they wait, you, they wait until the Democrats take the house and then they make some big stand about now's the time to get the wall. You better give me the wall. And we end up with with a stalemate that honestly, I don't. That neither side can give on. Trump can't give on the wall. The Democrats can't give him the wall because they claim it's immoral and racist, right? So you have this common fighting mm-hmm. when everything, when he could have just gotten what you want. Like these, the Republicans had complete control and they could have shut down the government to defund Planned Parenthood, and they didn't, right? Because you, you. No, they've never done a shutdown for anything related to abortion or or pro life. Well, because that because that's where the base of their votes come. We were someone I forget who tweeted it. If it was like McGinley or Walther or MBD or someone, they said like if Tulsi Gabbard won ran as a pro life Democrat, she would win. She would become president in four years, two years, right? But in that. Probably. I mean, she's impossible to dislike. Like, I would love to meet Tulsi Gabbard. Well, Tulsi Gabbard, come on the Roman Circus podcast. But that's why. That's why the. <laughs> but that's why the Republicans need Roe versus Wade, and they need the fight against it to prevent things like that, right? Because it is a major thing. That oh they yeah. They so as as soon as they lose that, then if if abortion was not a thing, right? Who's to say what mm-hmm. the pat what the what it would look like in this country? Like what would actually be blue and what would actually be red? Because then you get down to the nitty gritty of economics and other things like that, right? So you well, right? I mean, there's not a lot of issues that are you know as sort of black and white, um, especially for Catholics who make up you know such a large share of the vote, right? As as abortion. And, you know, I know a lot of people who it's a constant struggle for them because they they care deeply about the issue of abortion, but they're so against everything else the Republican Party says and does. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but it's just because it's such a it's such a major issue. So we mm-hmm. w- like what are, w- what do we do? What do we what do we like? How do we function in a political society knowing that one side is like make ha, passes these dreadful laws but then the other side who are supposed to be our supposed to be our superheroes are just like yeah I'll get like I'll I'll get to it don't worry right right it, well okay. i mean first i would echo your point about the march for life that i do think the march for life is great and i, I hope to be able to go one year well, it's just tricky because i am an accountant you echoed you um, echoed my point which was actually your point so you're just echoing your point but i like it well we agreed though and then yeah to say that one of the the primary values i think that the march for life has is that you know you see people in conversations try to frame you know pro-life like the the belief that um you know basically life should not be snuffed out in the womb um, as a very fringe minority view that nobody has. And that's where I think having the March for Life um, is important so that everybody who who thinks this way realizes that they're not by themselves because right. that's just such a trick to try to make people think that they're alone in this position. Absolutely. And having not previously been pro-life, like I wasn't pro-life until I was, you know, 21, 22. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I definitely did think it was just kind of too fringe. Like, surely nobody thinks that. I kind of took that libertarian, you know, it's none of the government's business approach Mm -hmm. to it. Um, And then, you know, seeing, though, how many people were involved with it and that it's not just, you know, kind of weird, you know, people with 48 bumper stickers on their car that, you know, swimming in pamphlets like it's lots of people who especially you know people who have looked into the science and they've seen the videos of of a child growing in the womb um who are and so i think that's important but when when the march for life allows politicians to you know come on stage or you know make an appearance send a video you know in front of hundreds of thousands of people and then you know millions if you count the people paying attention from home mm-hmm. um and those people haven't shown us that they'll use the power of their office to um, to defend the unborn. I, th- I think that's that's where we get into sort of a problem because we're basically giving them this free publicity, and we're taking this you know this massive energy that unites people who don't share much else in common. Especially if you look at the March for Life, kind of the diversity of that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people they feel this way about abortion, but you can look at the signs. And see, you know, people that are saying, you know, build the wall and defund Planned Parenthood, or people that have a sign that says, you know, um, you know, comparing ICE and Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood to ICE. Yeah, I mean, just to point, I mean, not even to take a stance on any of that, just to point out that there's a lot of people that the only thing they have in common is that they, you know, they know, um, again, probably because they've seen the videos and they've looked at the science that that this can't be right. right. Um, and or they're post-abortive, or they used to be an abortionist, because that's where a lot of the leaders of the pro-life movement come from. Sure. Um, anyway, it, it unites them. But when we when we allow that energy to, you know, tip the scales and put a politician in office, um, or keep them in office, I, I think we really need to see in return that they're they're using their office to protect the unborn. That's why you know that's why we're voting for them. And so the ones that that didn't, the ones that have voted to keep, I mean you know, that haven't used the power of their office to defund Planned Parenthood, who haven't used the power of their office to, you know, appoint new judges. And, um, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we're waiting for, you know, the next Supreme Court vacancy to happen. But, I mean, honestly, you know, all these Republican presidents since Roe versus Wade, or Democrat, whoever, they can add judges whenever they want. Um, you can stack the courts. You know, I mean, if, if we were serious about it, we'd ask them to do that, right. you know. I mean, it's not it's not a waiting game for you know this person to die and that person to die. Um, so you know, I think that there should be a much higher threshold to allow a politician to sort of um, benefit from the the march and the the sort of anti-abortion pro-life um, energy movement spirit. You know, because I do think, yeah, I mean, the map would the map would be significantly more blue if you if you removed the issue of abortion. And I think knowing that is one of the reasons that the Republicans don't move on it because they can always say, well, we're against abortion. We're, you know, if we, if we get, you know, judges who find that the constitution, um, protects the unborn via the 14th amendment, um, or that, you know, we, we get a a straight up constitutional amendment or somehow take abortion off the table and end it. Yeah, I imagine they would, you know, who's going to vote for them? I mean, how many of us make enough money to benefit from their tax cuts? And, you know, who wants to be at war in Syria? Um, You know, I don't really know why anyone else would vote for Republicans. Yeah, I mean, I Um, I 
people vote for him for like immigration stuff and uh, things like that. But it, uh, yeah, I mean, they have a very their immigration stance is extremely popular with certain parts of the country. Um, I mean, I think that yeah, my guess is that you could probably divide up the Republican voters into immigration voters and uh, abortion voters, probably, and get. I mean, that would be a huge chunk. I mean, you have these libertarians who don't care about either of those issues but Zach, i think you would get such a huge what i'm gonna have to bleep out those two cuss words you've been saying on this podcast we don't use the l word on this podcast i know we shouldn't were, were you a libertarian at one point uh no but like it i did used to think that that position wasn't completely soulless like i do now was what I, oh, okay. So you had a, you were you were tolerant of it, yeah. Until I re- until I actually realized what it was. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty friendly with those positions, and it, it's just so funny to look back because, like, I don't know, it's so unrealistic. I mean, I have I, I have a lot of libertarian friends, and sure, um, I want to offend them as much as possible and say, <laughs> please drop this stuff, please. Yeah. Um, so we, speaking of life insurance, Matt, we got to, now whenever I think of libertarianism, I think of Ben Shapiro, um, and having listened to him one time or watched his thing one time, the way that he just jumps into his ads is like super wild. Yeah. He goes, uh, in a second, uh, Zach and I are going to tell you more about why we've talked about not voting ever again, but first... Are you tired of... Let's be serious, folks. Are you tired of that mattress you're sleeping on? Everyone's tired of their mattress they're sleeping on. You get the mattress. It's like five years old. It has dust, and it has all sorts of mites and all this gross stuff. Uh, you, you need a better mattress. You need a better mattress so you can wake up and listen to us on the Roman Circus podcast every morning. Uh, Baker Mayberry Mattresses has a great mattress sale for you for listening to this podcast. Just enter promo code Baker Mayberry has a great mattress sale for you at... Uh, checkout at checkout and they will save you up to 15% off your first mattress uh, then you can listen to us and uh, enjoy us now back to the show there, there's my Ben Shapiro you really went there with that you really you really went there with like the full length of time no I mean <laughs> it, it was hilarious though I mean because he did I think zip when I, the one I listened to he did zip recruiter he did some life I, insurance company. I totally missed it. I thought of this at the gym. I because the Ben Shapiro talk. Oh, you went to the gym. Every everybody, guys. Matt worked out. Matt worked gym. out. Okay. Uh, the Ben Shapiro talk has died down for now. I totally missed my chance to make a Ben Shapiro is the new Billy Mays uh, tweet joke. Remember Billy Mays. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, he's dead. I know. I was gonna compare Ben Shapiro to Billy Mays, but don't do that. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. I, I... One of my favorite jokes that our favorite one of our listeners, Hannah, mm-hmm. who who we're big fans of, ever made it was like you know three words every woman wants to hear three words something and hers was Billy Mays here. Oh, that's good. I like it. Anyway. Uh, Back to the show. Okay, let's uh, talk about us having talked about never voting again briefly. Okay. Okay, I didn't didn't know how public I would be with my stance, but I'm actually... 
No, no. I'm pretty committed as a non-voter, I will right. say. Right. Oh, okay. I didn't know. We, I was going to say we could speak in hypotheticals, but if you're just going to go there. Oh. Well. No. Well, I mean, hi, I have a friend. Yeah, no, we know. can. But that's what I kind of wanted to talk out, like the idea of just never, just not voting. Like, because it's really if I've had that thought, too, of like, what's what's the point? But also then the other like the argument for that is if it's if it's uh, Republican candidate versus Democrat candidate for president, if you don't if you say you can't vote for the Democrat and you just don't want to vote for the Republican, then essentially you're just giving a free pass to the Democrat to win. So at least by voting for a Republican who you know probably won't do what you want to do, at least he might be a blocker to the people who definitely won't do what you want to have happen. Right? Yes, but I mean, even the closest elections come down to significantly more than one vote. And so, I mean, I would say it, you're not like morally culpable for, for that. I mean, right. yes, I agree that if you're somebody who who most of the time would vote Republican and you abstain, then, you know, in some sense, whoever you would have voted for, you've you've given a boost to the other side. Right. Yeah. Right? And I mean, there's, but there's also, is it consequentialism? Is that what we're talking about? Like some things that we don't deal with, like our action, we don't, we just look at the action in the moment. I, I don't know. I might, I'm. Yeah. I mean, there's a Zippy Catholic article we can pull up that kind of explains why um, abstaining from voting, you just can't possibly be immoral to do, mm-hmm. um, or or it's such a, a narrow possibility. Because I mean, at the end of the day, voting is a symbolic act, and so you know you can't. I mean, it just isn't the same. If you were on the Supreme Court, okay, at that point, yes, every vote that you make would be morally culpable. Heaven and hell would be on the line. Yes, um, but it just doesn't work like that if you're just an average citizen voting. Um, mm-hmm. He does a good job, which we should pray for him because he died. Right. But Zippy does a very good job giving a technical argument for why, not the kind of hey stuff that we do. Um, he, you know, he spells it out. But um, I actually would uh, qualify that to say that there is um, there are criteria by which I would vote again. Um, but a candidate or an issue or whatever just has to meet that criteria, or I will not vote. And I'm not going to vote for person a just to keep person b out of office anymore because i i don't think in the long term that's beneficial well it just keeps the cycle going right if 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 uh i don't know senators can stick around forever so if if nancy pelosi knows that she's going to say a certain thing that will keep getting the vote she'll keep saying it and she'll make sure it's still there right so you're just kind of like keeping the cycle going now i'm not I'm not saying don't vote. If you want to vote, vote. Like I, you probably are much more hopeful than me, and you. We need we need people to be much more hopeful than the two yeah. of us. I've right? also just found it's a thought exercise. I can be more objective about things once I've sort of ruled out the possibility of voting. Um, and it makes it more fun to follow. Like I, I love following um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Um, because you know, I, I don't have to really factor in whether or not I would vote for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I can just see the way that she uh, engages with her constituents and um, handles the media, and you know, I don't know. 
I, I think it's very entertaining. I mean, yeah, she's she knows how to handle the media a lot like El Presidente does. I know. And people don't like the comparison, but honestly, it's like the two of them are uh, – they do share a brainwave in my opinion. I, I think they do. Uh, so but so that we there's nothing – there's nothing morally wrong with not voting. That's what that's what you're saying. I would say no. Yeah, I don't think there is either. I mean, I don't know. People can feel free to correct I, me, but well, I, I just can't see how. If you, I mean, you're telling me that if you didn't pick either Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, that you're guilty of some kind of sin. Like you're you're telling me that that's a that's a yeah, thing. Well, I, I mean, surely it probably not. it changes. Like you said, obviously with the Supreme Court, but if you were in a town of, if you were in a town of a hundred and one. And you were in fifty voted one way and fifty voted the other way. You might have an obligation to vote in that circumstance, right? You know, maybe may, potentially, <laughs> or you could just tell them to you know revote and see what happens. I mean, gradually, I just become more and more um, opposed to uh, just the idea of democracy. I mean, I know that that's like. Uh, sacrilegious if you're an American um, but I, I just can't help but think that um, surely if, if, if the goal is the common good that the idea that the most likely the most um, the method to to land on the common good with the, the highest uh, likelihood is based on the majority of people that show up and bubble in a form on a, a specific day mm-hmm. I think that's entire. That's much more arbitrary than even like a monarchy where it's you know just who's born, right? You know, I mean, if you really think about it. Um, plus, I, I think that in a in a republican form of government, um, you only get people who are actively seeking out positions of power, mm-hmm. and you know most of those people are psychotic. Um, you know, no, why would anybody want to be the head of state? You know, I mean, watch The Crown and, and see. I mean, I know it's a show. I'm not in TV, whatever. But you know, notice how just devastated Elizabeth is when she finds out she has to be queen and um, I know that her two immediate predecessors George the sixth and uh, what Edward the eighth yeah they both collapse into their mother's arms crying when they found out they were head of state right okay compare that to like our la- all of the presidents we've had since then and how they you know they spend years and millions of dollars trying to capture the you know the role of head of state um, I mean that's how you end up with a country like ours Right. So the other thing I think is that um, I don't know if you see these Twitter debates between the like the socialists and the the fusionists, of course. but it always comes back to you know why don't the socialists you know practice what they preach, right? You know, and I don't really know what that would look like for them. That's always one way that I defend my uh, my socialist friends is to that thing is to say, well, what? G- give me a quick blueprint for what they should be doing to put their money is put their money where their mouth is. I mean, do they have to pull all their own resources mm-hmm. or, I mean, it, you're talking about a position about the role of the state in society. How can, you know, a brunch group recreate that? <laughs> but if anybody wants to say, I need to put my money where my mouth is when I say that I do think that um, monarchy is a, a really solid uh, way to run a human society, uh, I would say, well, you know, just to practice for that, I, I don't vote and I, I accept uh, the winner. Yeah. You know, I, whoever becomes head of state, I accept them just like if they were born. But I, I think that, again, somebody that's born and doesn't ask for it uh, is probably more likely to be um, 
a balanced leader that cares about the common good than somebody who, you know, spends their whole life actively, you know, gunning for the position and screwing over everyone they can on the way well, that's, there. That's, but, that's you know. the thing. That if, if they are the king or the queen and they've been born into that position, they don't have issues that they need to keep to remain in power, right? Now, it's not saying that they won't act wrongly or they won't be bad, it's just saying that they're they're more likely to act when when necessary, when needed. They're, instead of holding it over people's heads so they can get more votes in the next election, or they can you know get more fundraising, they they'll just do it. And there there have been bad kings and bad queens, obviously, but also as we pointed out, there have been saints that have come from that. So it you know. Right. I mean, I don't know how you you get to a system like that in in the United States because obviously, you know, America. The only qu- king we've had in America is the you know British monarchy way back. Well, when. that's yeah. So, I mean, that's also my argument when people are, are talk about integralism and fusionism and all that is like, well, we need society to be Catholic first. Like, we're not all these things. Like, even talking about the monarchy is kind of pointless until everyone converts and becomes catholic state of grace catholics basically right right yeah so where no exactly thank you uh so where i mean instead of you know keep making this a completely downer of an episode how do we we can tie in the virtue of hope to all this like how how can we have hope that good will come through and good will happen through us, you know, these awful laws being passed or these politicians promising us the moon and giving us nothing? Um, we got to blow up oh, the yeah, moon. That, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, like, what, how can we work the... How can we tell people to have hope and find hope through all of this? Have you thought about that? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's important to remember that, you know, God is in control. Right. Good start. Um, what? Good start. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we even have these amazing apparitions of Mary telling us that there will be a triumph of the Immaculate Heart. Um, so at some point, human history will, will take you know, a turn Mm -hmm. for the better. Sure. And this is also a good, good time to realize that, uh, you should work on your own interior state and your own spiritual life as opposed to what is opposed to like lamenting the lack of any spiritual life among your leaders, right? You can take, take care to clean your own house and make sure that those you have immediate authority over being, your kids like are are good, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yes. And that's what, you know, our our old priest at my parish used to say, it doesn't matter when in history you live, all that matters is how you die. Oh wow. You know? And so from from our standpoint, you know, there's a few things. I mean, first I would say, you know, place your hope in God. Um as in that you're gonna spend all of eternity with him. And you know that none of that nothing none of this stuff threatens that directly you know 
you can still go to you know any parish and i mean scheduling might be tough but you can walk to almost any parish and go to confession you know sure you can go to some of the most irreverent you know boomer masses that you could find and the eucharist will still be confected and you can receive the sacraments you know placing that first and foremost will just by necessity force everything else you know into place when you think about it that way because you can become more detached from what's happening in the world and you can also accept that again you know god's put you here to get back to him primarily you know his mission for you is to get to heaven more than it is you know to have this job or that job or advocate for this cause or support you know ultimately Mm -hmm. you know your goal is to spend eternity in the beatific vision with god we were right. we were never promised perfect leadership, right? We were never promised, you know, anything. No, I mean the opposite. We were told we'll never get perfect leadership. <laughs> yeah. So we can't let it be the the downfall of our own life if we spend all of our time worrying about what's going on in the media and what's going on in the White House and all that stuff. I mean, it's good. It is right. good to pay attention. Like it. it Although there is a case to be made to being as low low information as possible, you st- you still on some level need to know what's happening. Like we shouldn't we shouldn't be taking in twenty four seven news media constantly. But uh, you know, right? I mean, other than this podcast and our Twitter account and then our personal Twitter accounts, um, a lot of you need to stop looking at the media. Right? Just set up um, just, just set kidding. up a Twitter list that is just the three Roman Circus accounts. And you will get all the information you need to proceed with caution. Exactly. Um, another source I would look at is uh, Uniformity with the Will of God by oh, yeah. St. Alphonsus uh, LaGuardia. St. Alphonsus LaGuardia. It's very short, too. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, it's neat because it comes down to like, you know, you look outside and it's raining. What do you think? Well, you know it's obviously through one way or another God's will that it rains. Cause if, if God was against it raining, he could stop it. Right. Um, and so you don't even worry about, is there good weather or bad weather? You realize that, you know, that all points back to God. And so whatever it is today, I accept it. Wow. This morning when Siri told me it was below 30 degrees in Dallas, uh, it was really hard to, um, you know, unite myself with God's will that it be that cold and I'm thinking, didn't I move to Texas to avoid this? But, you know, you uh, unite yourself to it. That doesn't mean you slip into quietism and you, you know, completely disengage from society. I mean, we, we do have a role to promote the common good. Mm-hmm. But to a certain extent, I think you need to accept um, whatever comes your way has, in a certain sense, come from God. And, you know, there's no cross in this life uh, that you'll be given that hasn't passed the loving inspection of Jesus Christ and his Holy mother. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's perfectly said, Zachary. This is, that's why people invite you on their television shows. Is what? For what you just said. If I, if I were to go, if someone would be like, Hey, do you want to come on Fox news digital and talk about the church? I'd be like, uh, 
Yes. Also, James Harden scored 61 in Madison Square Garden tonight. Can we talk about that, too? And they'd be like, uh, we don't want to talk about that. I was like, okay, but first, and then I would slip into a mattress ad. I think that's that's nice. how that would go. Yeah, I mean, I did make that, that cornball line. And not that I don't believe it, but it was one of those, like, when, when she asked me, she was like, and do you support Pope Francis? I kind of just come back, well, yeah, he's the only man for the job. No, that was good. I like I mean, that. yes, I do believe that. And her question was very valid. It just wasn't how I expected the question to be asked. Mm-hmm. And then after I said it, I was like, well, that was cheesy. Um, no, that was great. But true. It. I think also we just need to, like, uh, chill out a little bit as far as how important we think we are. Because, again, you know, the world needs Christ. The world doesn't need us you know the world doesn't need our candidate the world doesn't need you know this party or this platform or this politician or so you know yes there's so much good that you can do especially if you correspond to the graces that god sends you but it's not going to come down to you on whether the world you know becomes heaven or hell right yeah that's uh that's that's about the long and short of it. I do think next year that the March for Life should probably take place through the doors of the senators and the uh, representatives, but I also don't want to be liable for anything. I'm, I'm saying very peacefully. I'm saying we you have to take the march right to their doors, in theory. Oh, yeah. Well, and, I mean, just sets, you know, tighter criteria for who gets to participate if they're a politician. I mean, you know... Here's, I mean, imagine if you're a doctor, okay, but you were performing abortions um, because, you know, for now, it's just not the time to stop performing abortions, okay? You would not get to speak at the March for Life, okay? Right. If you're a politician and you're voting to fund Planned Parenthood who commit over 300,000 abortions a year, if you're voting, you know, all this stuff, I mean, you can't be at the march. And if, you're, if your basis for that is that you're, you know, there are unseen, behind-the-scenes reasons— that you can't do it right now, well, that's fine, but you need to personally stay unseen and behind the scenes in this movement Mm -hmm. because otherwise we can't police who gets to be a part of this. And I'm sure when there's hundreds of thousands of people, you would love to come up on stage. Um, I'm sure that's the case. And it's great that you don't think that pro-life people are, you know, filthy lizards. (laughs) But uh, you can't, no, you, you can't come to this event and get all this free publicity and and harness the energy of all these these people, especially these young people and these women that, that are the bulk of the March for Life, mm-hmm. um, simply because you want to. I mean, we, we need to see results. And so, you know, we need to see voting records and commitments. And if, if you don't follow through, then you can't come back next year. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I, that I don't know how I'd never planned to march. So I have absolutely no criticisms to make towards the March for Life. It's a fantastic event. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I would just tell these politicians to get stuffed. I mean, r- the march has hundreds of thousands of people at it every year. It's a fantastically successful event. Yeah, and you you can't ask people to give up their time and their money. And I mean, people were busing in and taking flights from everywhere. I mean, Bishop Bishop Umbers t- flew from Australia to go to the to the march, right? So you're asking these people to do all this and in return you're just like yeah i mean it's whatever thank you but also no thank you well i mean yeah exactly and so i mean yes these the uh, i i'm not naive i i'm sure that there are nuanced and um perhaps even valid reasons 
that they can't give us what we want right away. But as a result, I just think that they need to stay it, stay in the margins of, of the whole thing. Yeah, it, I mean, it's... If, if you hold an elected office and you don't use your office to protect the unborn yet, then you've got to stay unseen. Yeah, of course, there's... It's so... The laws are so woven into what's going on that obviously the, these bills are layered with what's funded and how they fund it. It's it's probably not as simple as just like snapping your fingers, but at least like make an effort. At least like chip away at it. It doesn't seem like there's any chipping. It doesn't seem like they're like I don't know doing anything. It all right, whatever. It's I don't know. It before we get too crazy and start going off on random things I guess we can end it there unless you have something else to say before we get into our saying of the week um I think just again like we are as Americans we've lived under a republic for you know centuries now we also live in kind of a capitalist free market society we we put so much stock into our own choice Mm -hmm. okay for better or for worse I think it's just important to look at situations in politics, government, whatever you want, and say, okay, you know, let's say there's an election. How about, you know, God, may whoever the divine providence picks be our next president, you know? Or, you know, if you support a candidate, let's say that you're just so on board for candidate, you know, Susie. Just say, you know, God, I hope that Susie gets as many votes as the divine providence would give her. Mm -hmm. And then kind of let it go at that, you know focus on that because I think that's a way to have a a healthy detached uh, involvement with um, with politics and with the world yeah well that's also how I say that when I get nervous about my job I always think okay you know what God let me stay employed at this company for as long as the divine providence would have me be there the divine providence thing while I agree with you and it is very good it's it's also how you get those amazing paintings where Trump is in the Oval Office with Christ embracing him, signing his pen on everything. But, you know. Yes. Remind people that Divine Providence was was as in charge under Obama as it is under uh, Trump. Ooh. And, you know, um, Ooh. again, like... Got him. I mean, the, the, the Divine Providence is always in charge. So, yeah, but I, I think that that can help... Um, help foster the appropriate amount of detachment Mm -hmm. and also i mean on some level it's sort of prideful to think that like your vote your involvement your posts your campaigning and activism um is somehow like the determining factor on you know if the world is an evil place or not Mm -hmm. yeah no the world is an evil place without you and i the world doesn't need any help being an evil place zach that's that's exactly right and on that note shall we have a saint of the week let's do it Saint of the Week, Saint Agnes Here we go. of Rome. Saint Saint Agnes of Saint Rome. Saint Agnes of Rome. I've been to her, uh, I think I've been to her, like, basilica, her station, whatever it is. Sorry, go on. Uh, feast day, January 21st, which was Monday. She is one of the virgin martyrs. One of seven women, along with the Virgin Mary, is who is commemorated by name in the canon of the Mass, which is pretty awesome. While details are unreliable, tradition says Agnes was a member of Roman nobility. She had many suitors, but they all were put off by her commitment to purity, 
So they submitted her name to the authorities. Classic. She was condemned to be dragged naked through the streets to a brothel. But she prayed and her hair grew and covered her body. And then any man who tried to touch her was struck blind. She was let go after she prayed for the reviving of the son of the prefect, the one who condemned her. But then she was put back on trial and sentenced to burning. Okay? But the fire would not consume her, and the officers got so upset they beheaded her. Uh, Buried in Rome, like you said, she is the patron of betrothed couples of chastity and virgins of the diocese of rockville center new york of fresno california rockville center new york really yeah that's so cool one of my my very favorite priests is from there oh nice she's also the patron of fresno california Uh, i guess I, i guess fresno has to have a patron saint Patron saint of gardeners and of girl guides. I don't know what girl guides is. If that's like a knockoff of the like girl, girl scouts. scouts, yeah, uh, yeah, it's like a more generic term. It's like the hydrox to the Oreos. What aren't hydrox like those fake Oreos? Oh, I don't know. I don't either. All right, well, you tried Saint Agnes of Rome. Pray for us. Zach, it's good to be back. It is. I hope that people enjoyed this episode and then we can, like, you know, get some conversations going because we're definitely looking to hear more about, you know, how to be Catholic in America in in the year of our Lord, 2019. Um, And um, our listeners regularly send us pretty brilliant things either on Twitter or in the email. So I'm excited to hear the feedback. All right, gang. We will talk to you next week. See y'all.